1: To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here's our Bible teacher,
2: Tom Cantor. The king in his dream sees a stone, a very strange stone, and it breaks the image in verse 34, thou sawest, verse 34, thou sawest till that a stone was cut out without hands, which smote the image upon his feet that were of iron, clay, and break them to pieces. So the hit from this stone was so so tremendous that in verse 34 it says it break them to pieces. The image falls after it's been hit by the stone. The stone hit the image with such a tremendous impact. It was so great that it pulverizes the image and it becomes like the chaff that's blown away. And the stone then that had hit the image becomes a great mountain that fills the earth. It fills the whole earth. It says that in verse 35, it says that and then the iron, the clay, the brass, the silver, this gold broke into pieces together and became like the chaff of the summer threshing floors and the wind carried them away. No place was found for them and the stone that smote the image, became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. And then Daniel said to the king, that's it, in verse 36, this is the dream. We'll tell the interpretation. So he gives, he gives to the king this very simple description of the dream, and then he says, that's your dream. That's it. Daniel said that he and his companions, his friends, would explain carefully to the king what it meant What was the interpretation? What was the message from God from this image and what happened with the stone and the different parts of the body? So, verse 36, we will tell the interpretation. And first of all, he starts off, Daniel starts off by telling the king, this is where you fit in to this message in verse 37. Thou art king, thou, O king, verse 37. Thou, O king, art a king of kings, for the God of heaven hath given thee a kingdom, power, strength, and glory. He goes on, and he says, in the end of verse 38, thou art this head of gold. You, Nebuchadnezzar, are the head of gold. Of course, the king's very interested to see himself in this dream, in this image here. He's the head of gold, the head was, but then he sees the head was smashed, which told the king, your days are numbered. And they were. Nebuchadnezzar of the Chaldeans, it was the king here. The kingdom of Babylon lasted 71 years, the Jews were in captivity during part of that, the 70 year captivity. Nebuchadnezzar lasted 45 years, that's this king. The one who came after him, Evo Merodach, he lasted 23 years and then there was in the third one, that's Belshazzar for this kingdom of Babylon that lasted seven, three years, so altogether 71 years. I mean, just think of it, I mean Babylon looks so solid and the Jews looked so weak. They were slaves. They were in captivity. But it all changed as God spoke to the next ruling kingdom, which was involved a king called Cyrus, Cyrus the king. And he released the Jews as first a small group to go and rebuild their temple in Jerusalem. And then they all left. And today there's no Babylon. There's no Babylon today. If you went to people in that day and said, there will be a common time when there's no Babylon, they say, no, impossible. Yes, it is. We just are reading about it in this history book of Daniel. We read about it in other history books. We find some recovered ruins of Babylon. But today, the Jewish people continue. And what a thrill it is to go to LAX, to go to Los Angeles International Airport, and to look at those planes. And then you see all of a sudden, this plane that's coming there, it's blue, and it has a Star of David on its tail. It has a Mogan David on its tail. And it's the LL plane, the National Airline of Israel. And you realize when you see that, and you see the plane coming in with all the other planes, it goes, this is a nation among the nations. All those other planes, Thai Air, American Airlines, all the other ones are represent nations. And there's the plane of Israel, LL, and it's standing today. And you never would have thought that from this time when Nebuchadnezzar had them all in captivity. But God said about Babylon in Isaiah 14, 4, Isaiah 14, 4, thou shalt take up this proverb against the king of Babylon and say, how hath the oppressor ceased? The golden city ceased, finished. Now Daniel gives the the king the bad news. The bad news is in verse 39, after thee shall arise another kingdom inferior to thee, and in a third kingdom, of brass, and which shall bear rule over all the earth. God was angry with Nebuchadnezzar because of his pride, because God had promised. He said that, Jeremiah 25, 11, Jeremiah 25, 11, the whole land shall be a desolation and an astonishment, and these nations shall serve the king of Babylon 70 years. And Jeremiah 27, 5, Jeremiah 27, 5, God says, I made the earth, the man and the beast that are upon the ground by my great power and by my outstretched arm and have given it to whom it seemed meet to me. And now have I given all these lands into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, my servant. And the beasts of the field have I given him also to serve him. And all these nations shall serve him and his son and his sons' sons until the very time of his land come. And then many nations and great kings shall serve themselves of him. So the second kingdom that God said was going to come, that replaced Nebuchadnezzar came, and that's the kingdom called the Medes and the Persians, the Medes and the Persians. It was made up with two rulers, Darius, who was a Mede, and Cyrus, who was a Persian. And they were in alliance with each other. And that's why there's two arms that are represented in the image. And that lasted 130 years. That's the kingdom of the Medes and the Persians. It was inferior to Babylon in terms of wealth in terms of gold and so forth. But the Medes and the Persians were the second kingdom. Then Daniel explained to the king, a third kingdom is coming. A third kingdom is gonna replace the second kingdom of the Medes and the Persians. He says in verse 39, and another third kingdom of brass, which shall rule over the earth. This is the kingdom of the Greeks. The third kingdom is the kingdom of the Greeks under Alexander the Great, who made it a great kingdom. Alexander bragged, that he had conquered the world. And then Alexander sat down one day and he cried because there wasn't another country for him to conquer. But with all of his greatness, all of the greatness of Alexander the Great on June 10th, one night, Alexander the Great in his palace, which was actually the palace of Nebuchadnezzar II, he was gasping for airs, chills. He was in sweats. He was in fever because typhus, had spread throughout his body and finally he couldn't breathe any more and he died at the age of just 32. That's all he was, 32 years old. And then Daniel explained that there was a fourth kingdom coming that would replace the third kingdom in verse 40. Verse 40, and the fourth kingdom shall be as strong as iron for as much as iron breaketh in pieces subdueth all things as iron breaketh all these shall it break in pieces. This kingdom, this fourth kingdom is characterized by the words, this kingdom shall be as strong as iron and break in pieces and bruise. That's how this kingdom is described, a breaker and a bruiser and strong. This is the kingdom which is known for its strength and its particular cruelty. Every place this kingdom spread out to, they were strong and they brought their enemies into subjection by terrorizing cruelty. This is the Roman Empire. The Roman Empire that destroyed the Greeks, that scattered the Jews, that was very cruel to break in pieces and bruise. This was the empire that lined the roads with the bodies of the enemies that they had crucified, they had tortured to death by crucifixion and left on crosses for everyone to see along the roads. The Romans struck terror in the heart of man. And they were the ones that popularized and had the wide use of the public torture of crucifixion. Then God told the king that as strong as this fourth kingdom was, the Romans, and as cruel as this fourth kingdom was, the Romans, that it had a flaw. And the flaw was in the feet. In verse 41, whereas thou sawest the feet, the toes, part of potter's clay, part of iron, the kingdom shall be divided, but there shall be in it of the strength of the iron for as much as thou saw the iron mixed with miry clay. And as the toes of the feet were part of iron, part of clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly broken. This is the flaw that was in the Roman Empire. The toes, in verse 42, the toes were part of iron and part of clay, partly strong, partly broken. Romans saw that their kingdom had become too great for themselves to rule, so they decided to split it up into 10 kingdoms. This is what the Romans did. They split it up into 10 kingdoms that eventually fell apart because some of those kingdoms were strong, like iron toes, and some of those kingdoms that they made were weak. And Daniel went into more detail about the toes of those, those kingdoms where he said in verse 43, you saw... The iron mixed with clay, they shall not mingle together. They shall mingle themselves the seed of men, but they shall not cleave one to another, even as iron is not mixed with clay. The problem with the Roman Empire was that they shall not cleave one to another. So in the end, the dissension that happened within the Roman Empire from this division of the government, and then they formed different groups to try to make decisions. They had the Senate, the Roman Senate, they had the people, they had the nobles, they had the commoners, and they all couldn't get an agreement as to what should be done. And so this is where the, they, shall not, they shall not cleave one to another. But then God tells Daniel that something amazing was going to happen. And that was that during this kingdom, something was going to happen. And he said that in verse 44, in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed and the kingdom shall not be left to other people. It shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms. and shall stand forever. So while all those earthly kingdoms were being built up and broken down, established and conquered, one following another, while man was setting up his kingdoms, God was at work and he was gonna set up his own kingdom. In verse 44, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom. So man is setting up his kingdom, his kingdom, God is setting up his kingdom. And the king in God's kingdom is the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ, he is the king of the Jews. And that raises a question, you know, that was over his cross, that raises a question. Jesus, king of the Jews, who are the Jews? You'll never get the same answer from two people in Israel about that. Who are the Jews? Who is Israel? And there's such a disagreement. You know, we're forming a tour company in Israel, and so we said, uh, we said well, we, you know, we want Jews, and so we said, this is a Jewish tour company. The marketing, tar- the marketing company told us last week, if you say this is a Jewish tour, you're, you're only gonna get Orthodox Jews. <laughs> You're not, you've are not. you eliminated 90% of the Israelis, he says. Because, well, okay, well, who are the Jews? Okay, nobody knows. Okay, so now we look to, to the Bible to answer the question who are the Jews? Well, actually, the Bible is very clear. And it says that there are two Jews, there are two Israels, as it puts it, two Israels. Romans 9 6, Romans 9 6. Not as though the word of God had taken none effect, for they are not all Israel which are of Israel. Oh, there's two Israels, and there are. The Bible is very clear. There is a saved Israel, and there is a lost Israel. There are two Jewish people. There are saved Jewish people, and there are lost Jewish people. There are two Gentile people. There are saved Gentile people, and there are lost Gentile people. And the saved Gentile people are the Israel that is different from all of the rest because it says in Galatians 2.16, 6.16. Galatians 6.16 as many as walk according to this rule peace be on them and mercy and upon the Israel of God the Israel of God the saved Jewish people are the Israel of God the saved Gentile people become a part of the saved Jewish people who are also part of the Israel of God that's Galatians 3:29 Galatians 3:29 says if you be Christ then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise and this is what happened to the saved. You get this picture, you can see it very clearly. The saved Gentile people, the saved Gentile Egyptian people that came out of Egypt when the Jewish people left in the great Passover in Exodus 12:34. Exodus 12:34, it says: the people took their dough before it was leavened. That's why they eat matzah and their kneading troughs being bound in their clothes upon their shoulders, and the children of Israel did according to the word of Moses, and they borrowed of the Egyptians jewels of silver, jewels of gold and raiment, and the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, so that they lent them such things as they required, and they spoiled the Egyptians, and the children of Israel journeyed from Ramses to Sukkoth, about 600,000 on foot that were men, beside children, and a mixed multitude went out, uh, went up also with them. The Bible identifies this as a mixed multitude. They all leave, the Jewish people and the mixed multitude, the, the, the Egyptian people, and then they get there together and they're in the Sinai now. They're before Mount Sinai and they're one big group and Stephen, before he dies, he talks about this group in Acts 7.37. In Acts 7.37, he says, Stephen says in Acts seven thirty seven, this is that Moses which said unto the children of Israel, a prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren like unto me, him shall ye hear. This is he which was in the church in the wilderness, in the ecclesia, that's the word church. This is he that was in the church in the wilderness with the angel that spoke to him in the Mount Sinai with our fathers who received the holy oracles to give unto us. I got news, here's a news flash. The church did not start in the book of Acts with the day of Pentecost. The church already existed with Moses. The church started with Adam and Eve. The church is the people of God. The church is the Israel of God, made up of the saved people of God, made up of the saved Jews and the saved Gentiles who have also become a part of the seed of Abraham. It's the saved Jewish people, it's the saved Gentile people that make up the church, the Israel of God. The church has been totally misunderstood and distorted. The church has been misunderstood to be Gentiles who are Christians. It's been misunderstood to have started on the day of Pentecost. The church has been misunderstood when there is a reference to the early church, the New Testament church. The church was Adam and Eve, that's the early church. And in order to understand the church, we have to use Acts 7.38, Acts 7.38, to think of the church as the church during Moses' day. We have to use the fact and think of the church as saved Jewish people. We have to use Galatians 3.29, Galatians 3.29, to think of the church as saved Gentile people who become the seed of Abraham. We have to use this passage in Exodus twelve thirty eight Exodus 12, 38, about the Egyptians who left along with Israel. And we have to think of Rahab, the Canaanite, Ruth, the Midianite, Bathsheba, the Hittite, who all became part of Israel, to think of saved Gentiles as becoming part of Israel. And then with all these thoughts and minds, come to the correct understanding that Israel, saved Israel, is the church, and it has always been the church. And it's all about Israel. And so now we see that the stone was cut out of the mountain here without hands. That's what Daniel's talking about, a stone cut out of the mountain without hands. That's the king of the church. That's the king of Israel. That's the king of the Jews, the Lord Jesus Christ. And then it says here, it refers to the Israel in verse 44, the God of heaven shall set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. The kingdom shall not be left to other people. It shall break in pieces. This is the sound of the seventh angel in the book of Revelation, in Revelation eleven fifteen, 15. Revelation eleven fifteen, 15, the seventh angel sounded. There were great voices in heaven saying, the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. What's important to see about God's kingdom is that it's the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Daniel two forty four says, The God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. It shall stand forever. This verse shows how there will be conflict and there will be a war against God's kingdom, the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. But the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ is in no danger of being destroyed. Think of what happened to Rome and what happened to those other kingdoms and what's gonna happen to every kingdom because this will never happen to the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. No force is going to invade the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ because of Daniel 2.44. A kingdom which shall never be destroyed. No force is going to win a battle against it because of Daniel 2.44. The kingdom which shall never be destroyed. No force is going to overthrow it because Daniel 2.44. A kingdom which shall never be destroyed. No fire is going to burn it because a kingdom which shall never be destroyed, No bullets are going to pierce it, no bullets from Gaza or any other place, Iran included, because Daniel 2.44, a kingdom which will never be destroyed. No nuclear weapons are going to melt it because of Daniel 2.44, a kingdom which will never be destroyed. No force is going to ever destroy it, no force is ever going to replace it because Daniel 2.44, a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. No combined forces of hell and earth be able to destroy it because Daniel 2.44, a kingdom which will never be destroyed. No one will ever read like we're reading today about the kingdom of Babylon. No one will ever read in any history book that the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ lasted for only a certain period of time because Daniel 2.44, a kingdom which will never be destroyed. It will never cease to exist. It will always be because it's a kingdom which will never be destroyed. Now Daniel further explains about this God's kingdom. He says the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ, in verse 44, the kingdom shall not be left to other people. The kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ will never pass to a successor. There is no successor to the Lord Jesus Christ because, verse 44, a kingdom which shall not be left to other people. There will never be a revolution to overthrow it because... Verse 44, a kingdom which shall not be left to other people. The Lord Jesus said in Matthew 16, 18, Matthew 16, 18, I will build my church, I will build my kingdom, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it because, verse 44, a kingdom which shall not be left to other people. The Lord Jesus is going to reign forever and ever because. Verse 44, a kingdom which shall not be left to other people. He's going to reign forever and ever. The Lord Jesus Jesus is the one who the Father said. The Lord, in in Psalm 110.4, Psalm 110.4, the Lord has sworn and will not repent. Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. He's a priest forever because of verse 44. This is a kingdom which shall not be left to other people. We pray the Lord's Prayer. In Matthew 6, 13, Matthew 6, 13, and we say, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Because of verse 44, this is the kingdom which shall not be left to other people. Another wonderful day
1: studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at Israelrestoration.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at PO box711330, Santee California 92071. That's PO box 711330, Santee, California 92071, or email Tom Cantor,